0: hey everyone welcome back to launch codes football my name is chris
1: and i'm chelsea what is up everybody
0: what up what up we are on episode 24 now talking about the recap of week one and going to be discussing week two and what's ahead we had a wild week one to start the season did we not chelsea
1: I mean, we did that game last night might be the game of the year and it's only the first week. So if we're going to have games that look like that for the entire season, it's going to be a fun one for sure.
0: I agree. I mean, I was watching the Monday night game and we'll, we'll talk about it some more here um, in the episode, but it just it was just a crazy thing to watch and honestly, very interesting to see. Fans back in stadiums mm-hmm. and there'd be real crowd noise rather than the fake ones that we got in 2020.
1: That was terrible. Let's never do that again.
0: All right. Well, let's start off with <laughs> the AFC. Let's talk a little bit about that, Chelsea. So I see you got some stuff about Jamar Chase again. We kind of come in right. full circle round back to him. What's going
1: on? Right. So, you know, last week we talked about how he was very disappointing in preseason, right? And, you know, we reminded all of you guys who are listening and ourselves that it's preseason, right? Like, preseason matters, but in the grand scheme of things, ultimately, it usually doesn't reveal that much about how a specific player will really play during the regular season. And, as if we needed another primetime example of this coming true, we have Jamar Chase, who had a very mediocre preseason, had a lot of drops, gave that really strange excuse as to why he had drops. I read an interview. He was like, yeah, you know, it's a lot easier to catch the ball in college because, you know, it has the white stripes around the tips. And uh, the NFL ball doesn't have that. So you have to look at the like the stitches and the you know where you hold it instead of the ends and like that was a big adjustment for me and the whole internet was like bro stop so I found that to be funny but he actually showed up during this game I mean they played Bengals played the Vikings this weekend actually won in overtime and Jamar Chase impressed um five receptions for 101 yards and a touchdown his touchdown was coming on his longest catch of the game of 50 yards so I mean I think that can pretty much wash away his, uh, preseason anguish that he was dealing with because clearly he's fine.
0: Yeah. I think that just seeing that, like when he caught the, everyone saw the big catch that he made of the, of the big 50 yard pass and great pass by Burrow, by the way, just to acknowledge, but I think
1: he did score on that pass, didn't he? Or was it the other did. one? Yes. No, okay, he, that's what I he thought.
0: Scored on the big one, so it was just it's it's good to see Jamar Chase, you know, kind of getting over those preseason demons and coming out to play against Minnesota. And albeit that Bengals Minnesota game was as close as they could get it, I mean, it was almost a tie because Bengals had to make a field goal within with about two seconds left in overtime. And, you know, the NFL, we have ties. Unfortunately, no one likes stupidest a stupidest
1: rule ever, bro, or most stupid. Sorry, fellow English majors.
0: But yeah, it was just it's kind of a crazy thing. And then also seeing Dalvin Cook, the fumble there. You know, I think Minnesota fans are pretty upset about that because it was I think it was called a fumble, but his knee was down and that led to the game winning kick. It was kind of a that's reason
1: enough to be upset. I'd say that's a pretty big missed call.
0: Yeah, it's just I think it was one of those things where players all around it's it can be hard to see sometimes, but either way will it was a good game and good to see the Bengals, you know, just come out and win,
1: win a game game. Yeah, I mean, who would have picked this game to be entertaining the Vikings and the Bengals two stereotypically, you know, not conference leading teams kind of just hang out in the middle or at the bottom most of the time and here we are in overtime like that's just fun like I love when games that you think are gonna suck are fun it's just a great thing
0: I agree so we've got we've got that and then next kind of wanted to move to Jameis Winston and the Saints like wow man, like can we talk, talk about, about
1: not seeing that coming
0: <laughs> yeah can we talk about just well, I want to focus on the positives because I know most of the media is probably talking about the negatives, but I do want to focus on like the bright spots of this game is like, well, the Saints, they, they look better than they did last year at the end. I mean, not serious. saying
1: something because they're Drew Brees
0: Exactly. And this was a neutral field, by the way, they were not playing in New Orleans due to the hurricane and who knows when they'll be back there.
1: But, yeah, because another hurricane just hit Texas. So truly, who knows?
0: Yeah. So, on a neutral field in the, I think it was at Jacksonville's field, like they were able to beat out the Packers, and Winston throws five touchdowns. Whereas Green Bay, and I got to say, Rodgers, he he was rough in this game. But before we get to that, let's let's talk about the Saints. The Saints having Jameis back, you know, there was actually I think there was some positive buzz for Jameis going into this season, especially. After last year with Drew Brees kind of struggling, especially throwing the deep ball, I think people were excited to see if Jameis could turn it around with Sean Payton coaching him with the team that he has around him. And you could see, I mean, he had time to throw. He was making excellent throws sometimes, and he um, just scoring the ball. And, I mean, it also helped that Green Bay was nowhere on offense. But I got to say, Jameis impressed me. And if he continues to play this way, the Saints could make another potential Super Bowl run.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely not the result that I was expecting, to say the least. I mean, you have the reigning MVP out there against James Winston, who is notoriously known for his infamous 30 touchdown, 30 interception season in his last year with the Bucs before they went all crazy and decided to, you know, get everyone on planet Earth and win the Super Bowl. But if you look at Jameis Winston's stat line, his attempts, his passes completed, his yards and his touchdowns, it was some, cr- like, you would not think that he'd have the amount of touchdowns that he had in his yards and pass. He passed, wasn't it, for less than 200 yards and he threw the ball like 21 times? Yep. And he had five cuts. Like, can we just take a moment to just acknowledge that that is crazy like who would think that that would be the result of that like who would think that they'd they'd see that and they'd be like oh yeah he sucked oh he has five touchdowns zero picks zero fumbles (laughs) never mind so I mean dang if Jameis looks like this all year he might win like comeback player of the year or MVP or something because talk about a a uh, promising start to an, I'm sure, eagerly awaited career resurgence by Jameis Winston. I mean, you were mentored by one of the best quarterbacks of all time for multiple years, you know, held under his wing, not forced to go out there and grow up faster than you're comfortable with. And, you know, the reality is Drew Brees is gone. Like Drew Brees resides in New Orleans still and he resides in a broadcast booth now and that's his life now and you can tell that he's very happy with that and that he's content he gets to hang out with his family all day he gets to talk football still I think inevitably he'll go into coaching just like a lot of you know former players do but he's gone and I know that a lot of Saints fans were like dang we're going from Drew Brees arguably a top five quarterback ever to infamous Jameis Winston. This sucks. And then he, you know, he came out there and went off and everyone was like, oh, never mind." So personally, I really want to see Jameis succeed. I mean, you never want to see guys go into the NFL and not succeed. Right. But it's always sad to see when guys go in that are super highly touted and just don't really make anything of themselves. Like no one wants to see that. And I mean, honestly, this is probably Jameis Winston's last shot. Right. If he had gone into that game and had thrown, you know, a touchdown and two interceptions, like people would probably be telling him to get out the door already after one week. Right. But he didn't. And this is his opportunity. He has a solid O-line. He made his receivers look great, who honestly are a bunch of nobodies. He doesn't even have Michael Thomas. He doesn't really even have like a high caliber tight end. Like he has Alvin Kamara, which obviously helps. But I mean his defense is good too but like on offense like a lot of those guys that were playing weren't big names like a lot of people just don't know who they are like if you're a Saints fan you know but you know if you're a, a Broncos or a Seahawks or a Dolphins fan like you know you're not gonna know who these guys are so I I love this I absolutely love this I love to see Jameis Winston going out there representing New Orleans well I mean he's so smart so articulate and clearly is still very good at football. So I definitely want to see him succeed. As for the Packers, apparently not showing up to OTAs in training camp impacts everyone, even if you're the former MVP, which I think was pretty obvious with Aaron Rodgers. Like, yes, you're Aaron Rodgers. Yes, you're really good. Yes, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame, but dude, you still got to go to training camp. Like, he looked terrible. They were showing his high, his highlights, more like lowlights, on ESPN this morning. And he was overthrowing people like 10 yards down the field. He lofted a ball to a receiver in the end zone, and the ball almost ended up in the stands. Like, how many times did we see that happen to Aaron Rodgers? Not that many. The Packers look bad. I mean, if they look this bad all year, Lafleur's probably out for one. Rogers is probably gone. I could see Aaron Jones leaving. I could see Devontae Adams leaving. I mean, if this team sucks it up this year, just like they did in that first game, there's going to be no one on their team next year. They're going to look like what we think the, thought the Saints were going to look like this year with everyone gone. If this keeps continuing, because they looked terrible.
0: Yeah, I think it'll depend on, you know, how they do for the rest of the season. I I think, you know, obviously he just just kind of said it was like it's one game. And I agree. It is one game. And so and he's still
1: Aaron Rodgers. I mean,
0: (laughs) but you are right to say, like, it's not a great start. It's kind of alarming. You know, while it is one game, it's kind of alarming that you got you got whooped your first by Jameis
1: Winston of all people.
0: And I mean, I will say it's also the Saints defense, too.
1: They're very good. Yes, but admittedly, I don't think anyone picked Jameis Winston to win that quarterback battle against Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, if we're talking
0: quarterback on quarterback, yeah. I mean, Rodgers just he wasn't there to play. It wasn't their day. And sometimes some games are like that. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how they do in the next few weeks. And if they do continue to play bad or continue to drop games, you know, you are right. Like, what are we, what, what's going to happen? So um, I think that was, that was an interesting game this week. And then the next game wanted to kind of talk a bit about was the Falcons and Eagles game. I don't think we were really expecting Jalen Hurts to be this good. I mean, he, he's looked, he looked good like last year at times, but man, he, he was on fire on Sunday and the Falcons really just didn't have much of an answer for the Eagles offense. The game was not really that close throughout. And Jalen Hurts threw for, I believe, three touchdowns, over 250 yards. I mean, he's looking good. And also, the Eagles' run game looked pretty good against the Falcons as well. So I, I got to say, I think this is a positive for the Eagles. You know, I know there was a lot of. There was a lot of talk whenever they traded for Minshew. I think maybe they were just trying to get a backup quarterback that in case an injury happens to Hertz, that he can just be there, you know, because you never know. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Now you got two solid QBs on the team. If one goes down with injury, you've got another that can take his place. And so, yeah, Hertz having a good game. Falcons, I think. With the draft with Kyle Pitts, really showed they're just trying to stick it out with Matt Ryan one more year. But man, their offense, it just didn't look that good. They didn't get in the end zone, they just didn't really go anywhere. And they had to settle for a few field goals. You know, as they got near the red zone, they weren't able to punch it in twice. So they had to kick two field goals and just. Not what you want from the Falcons. If you're the Falcons, you gotta score points because that's what your offense is supposed to do, right? That's why you drafted Pitts. That's why you're sticking with Matt Ryan. That's why you have guys like Calvin Ridley and stuff. You gotta put it in the end zone. And and at least in this game, Atlanta did not do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. But Jalen Hurts, he looked good. I mean, he had like 45 rushing yards as well on top of his passing stats believe that Devontae Smith's first NFL catch was his touchdown which was like a beautiful lofted ball into the corner of the end zone over a defender so you love to see that first of all and the run game looked good I mean the Eagles generally looked good now I think that you can put stock in them looking good but I don't think you can put too much stock in it because the Falcons are one of the worst teams in the league so it very well might have just been Like, a contributing factor very well might have been that the Falcons just are really bad on defense. Um, Offense, not so much. I mean, they have pieces on offense. Like, if there's one side of the ball that the Falcons are stronger on, it's definitely the offense, not the defense. But, yeah, Jalen Hurts looked good, and the Falcons did not. And I'm sure Falcons fans are watching that game thinking, why did we pick Kyle Pitts over Justin Fields or you know, Mac Jones or anyone else. (laughs) So, you know, I'm sure that they were watching that game, um, having some deep regrets, which I feel like is not uncommon for Falcons fans these days. But yeah, Jalen Hurts looked good and again like Jameis Winston you love to see Jalen Hurts do well after everything he went through with all the Carson Wentz drama he got picked everyone was surprised right he starts playing he is only okay like he doesn't do great last year at the end he doesn't do awful but you know it wasn't really inspiring much confidence in fans and then you just he comes out and he's just slinging it, right? He's throwing it everywhere. He's running. He looks really good. The defense looks good. So, I mean, if you're an Eagles fan, you probably haven't been this happy since the Super Bowl was won because it's been a dramatic few years for you. So, you got to be happy for Eagles fans seeing this. And you love to see Hurts do well. You know, those are two guys that I want to do well this year. Hurts and Jameis Winston because they've both been through so much like Jameis Winston like had all the highest prospects in the world right and then just kind of sucked it up when he got to the NFL and Jalen Hurts came in with promise and then their team fell apart so I'd love to see him do well so I'm excited to see them next week I hope that they continue looking strong if the Eagles look like this the whole year they might take the NFC East which would be pretty exciting Especially with Jalen Hurts in the playoffs, that would be a lot of fun. So I hope that they keep doing well. Know that the Eagles are not a highly favored team for NFL fans. A lot of people don't like them just because of their coaching staff, their drama, and their GM and everything. And I get that, but you still love to see guys do well, like, unless it's against your team, obviously. But, you know, you still love to see them go out and have success. And that they did. And I'm happy for them.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely interesting. And we'll have to see how the Eagles develop this year. And hey, shout out to the new head coach for the Eagles, first game getting the win and a solid win.
1: Was the offensive coordinator for the Colts. By the way, last year, let me just say, they are definitely the Philadelphia Colts. That's all I have to say. And we are the Indianapolis Eagles. It's just how it is.
0: It just be like that, doesn't it? Mm hmm. But. For the last game we wanted to cover for week one, let's talk about the big one that everyone's talking about. Chelsea, what do you got for us?
1: Holy cow, dude, we got to talk about this <laughs> Ravens Raiders game. And you know what the worst part about this game is? It doesn't even have anything to do with the game. I had to get up and go to work today, right? So I had to go to bed at 11 so I missed the end of the game and overtime, and I didn't see it until this morning. And That's I was so like, sad. oh, did, I was like, oh, did the Ravens win? And then I woke up and I was like, what happened?
0: Rip. This, I know. This is one you got to you got to stay up. I know. For Chelsea. I know. <laughs> I
1: just I can't fall asleep at work. That would not be a good look for me. But I mean, Derek Carr looked Very good. I mean, threw for over 450 yards in this game. An overtime victory against the oft-injured Ravens over the last, what, month? I I mean, I'm speechless. This, This game was so good. You could argue that this game was lost by Lamar's two fumbles, which I don't think is an argument that's really built on anything that solid. Because if they wanted to win, their defense shouldn't have given up that many points to the Raiders. But that fumble at the end of the game that set the Raiders up, I mean, you, you can't pin that on anyone but Lamar. Like, he's running, like, with his arm out like this. Like, dude, what do you expect? I could punch that out, and I'm like 5'3". Like, come on, man. He got to protect the ball, especially in overtime. So, I mean, that was definitely his fault. But, I mean, there, there were aspects of the Ravens that surprised me and aspects that didn't. Lamar fumbling twice, that surprised me. Tyson Williams going off and having over 100 rushing yards, that surprised me. The dude had never played a snap before, and he is filling in that Ravens running game like They didn't just lose three starting running backs to ACL or Achilles injuries. So shout out to Tyson Williams for bringing his A-game in his first game. But, I mean, go Raiders, man. I mean, first game in Allegiant Stadium, they were announced by Steve Aoki and the guy who does professional, like, boxing matches. I mean, talk about, like, the pinnacle of Las Vegas entertainment right you got the guy up there who does the boxing matches with like the boxing mic like standing there in front of everyone doing it and then you got Steve Aoki on the other side with his turntables just like lighting the stadium up it was just it was fun it was a fun atmosphere fun crowd fun game I mean this was just crazy game I mean there's just really no other way to put it we might not get a better game this year and it's week one which is saying something because there are a lot of games left to play but I mean, I think that this game brings up the argument of Derek Carr being a top 10 quarterback. I personally don't know if I would put him up there quite yet, but I do think he's an above average starter at minimum. So, I mean, the dude's clearly talented. So, I mean, I, it was just a crazy game. I mean, I don't even know what else to say.
0: Yeah, I I can agree. It's funny because I was actually talking with my dad, watching, being like, hey, you know, it's funny. Derek Carr, I feel like he's a good quarterback. He's never been elite. He did have one year where he was I would say elite, but then that was the year he broke his leg, sadly. But that
1: was the Colts' fault on accident, unfortunately. Sorry, Derek.
0: Well, either way, I think it was it was a great game, but I don't it it fascinated me in some ways and kind of frustrated me where it's like this was a fantastic game. I was just in shock, but it's also like it felt at one point like neither team was like wanting to win this game because I mean, if, if we can take you through like the last few minutes, Justin Tucker kicks a field goal in regulation to put them up three with 33 seconds left, which by the way, can we just shout out to Justin Tucker, how all the pressure in the world feels like but he just walked up there kicked it like it was nothing. And just, I mean, he's like,
1: unarguably the best kicker in the league. So
0: exactly. And then the Raiders kicker comes down and does the same thing from further away. He's just like, look, I'm going to show you up and ties. The he's game like, in.
1: try me.
0: And I think just, but just like looking at this game and then the whole series of the Raiders driving down the field, they think they get the game winning touchdown by Edwards, but, and they're all celebrating. Literally the Ravens thought they lost Lamar is like shaken Uh, hands with Derek Carr the announcers were saying hey you know are they they're switching jerseys at this point you know and all this like they were hugging saying great game and everything and then the refs are like game's not over he didn't get it he's a half yard short and then it was like they're at the one so the Raiders are at the half yard line don't get it in and then the next down they um. They get a false start penalty from their rookie offensive lineman. The play after that gets picked off.
1: It looks like, like the ball bounced off a defender's face. Is that truly what happened? Yes. Does it literally look like it bounced off of his face mask, which is yes. l- well, hilarious not the face mask.
0: But what happened was Derek Carr throws a bullet to Willie Sneed. Now, And then it, but it was so fast, it went through Snead's hand, bounced off the Ravens player's helmet into the hands of another Ravens defensive player. And I'm just, and gets intercepted. I was like, well, this game's over. Did they just lose this? And then the fumble by Lamar. I will say, on the fumble in his defense, if you look at his pocket, it was gone. Like on that play. There was no pocket for him because a few plays before that he had actually been looking okay. And can we also talk about Mark Andrews dropping a pass Their they big name tight end. I mean, Lamar threw it right to him and he dropped it. it is just no, I mean, it was a really great defensive play. Don't get me wrong, but it's like he dropped it. I know a lot of people are blaming Lamar on this one and you know, he's blaming himself. He's not going to blame his teammate if he's a good quarterback, but it's also like his line collapsed, his tight end dropped a ball. Like, that he should have caught. And it's like, well, you know, what do you do here? This game just had a crazy ending. The kicker for the Raiders forgot to come out um, in time, either like what, and wasn't ready to kick the game winner. So then Derek Carr comes back to the field and throws the game winner to Zay Jones, who was wide open. Like there was no, there was a Ravens defender there, but he kind of just stopped running. I, if you watch, so they had Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, and Russell Wilson doing a, another cast on ESPN+. Plus, and they were just all like, why did he stop running? <laughs> they, that was their immediate reaction. Not like, oh my goodness. It was more like, why did the Ravens players stop trying to chase? I don't know. I think he just thought, well, it's it's over. And I'm tired. Which is fair because they're in overtime. So I think overall... It was a fantastic game, though, to watch. If you, especially if you're a fan of neither team, because then I felt like after that Raiders interception in the end zone in overtime, there were probably a few thousand broken TVs in America. But sadly for them, for the Raiders fans who broke their TVs, they did not get to see the ending of that game, which was for their team's favor. Overall, very fun game honestly probably one of the best monday night games i can remember and a great way to kick off the season now everyone's excited you know
1: right i will say a couple of notes number 1 even though lamar's pocket collapsed you can't fumble the ball in overtime like i get that the pocket collapsing is not your fault and i get that there's supposed to be someone guarding your blind side but dude You're the star and the quarterback and you have the ball. You can't fumble there. Like you just, you got to hold on to the ball. Like everyone knows you're going to run, man. Like they're all going to be trying to peanut Tillman punch the ball out of there. Like it's just how it is. You got to hold on to the ball. Mark Andrews has to catch the ball. Dude, you're one of the best tight ends in the league. And you drop a ball in overtime against the Raiders who everyone thought you were going to beat like dude come on, you got to catch the ball. And then Derek Carr throwing a bullet, like, dude, take some sauce off the ball. Like you're on the half yard line, man. You don't need to throw a billion miles an hour. So it's just, it was just funny, like seeing everything happen. You're just watching it as a fan and you're just like, why would you do that in that instance? And then the defender leaving Zay Jones wide open, which shout out to Zay Jones, who is an ECU alum, go pirates which is pretty cool but how does he get that wide open in overtime on your own side of the field like how 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 does that where's marlon humphrey dude uh there's a guy out there
0: can we also talk about i'm sorry this is a complete thing i just remember this happened i was watching this just happened to come in and start watching at this moment but Marlon Humphreys got an interception and a fumble on the same plate, and he didn't even realize it.
1: And I know I saw a meme about that.
0: It was he was literally celebrating that he broke up the pass. And in most scenarios, like that, you that that kind of play happens. Yeah, like it probably hit the ground and stuff, but he had a pick and then he fumbled it because he didn't like he caught it between his legs but while he was celebrating and he didn't realize he had it and neither did like anybody else though, the, the announcers didn't say a thing about it. They were talking about, Oh, this is a great play by Marlon Humphreys, which it was, but they weren't even acknowledging that man had a pick and he didn't even realize it.
1: There was just some stupidity going on in this game.
0: This, yeah, it was so
1: entertaining, but if you are a coach and you're watching this game, you are thinking to yourself, I I would be a maniac, like just watching, like, what are you doing? And it was just so entertaining, like watching Peyton and Eli talk about all these things. They were like, what are you doing, man? Like, that's not what you're supposed to do there. Mm -hmm. Like,
0: yeah,
1: uh, I will say shout out to Ray Lewis. For arguably being the most entertaining person on that broadcast, I died when he was like, hey, want to know my secret to all my success? I would rewatch games on cable and listen to them call the plays on offense, and then I would know. And Peyton and Eli were like, you did? And he was like, yeah, that's how I always could call out your plays. And Peyton was like, wow, I love national TV. Just giving out our offensive playbooks for fun. And then they don't even talk about the defense. So we have no clue what's going on. And the defenders are just standing there on the field, like, oh, Spider-Two Banana. And they, because they they hear the plays on TV. And they were just standing there and they were all talking about it. And Ray Lewis is just sitting there with the smuggest look on his face. And I was like, this is entertaining. So really shout out to Ray Lewis for giving every defender in the league a hack. Because if I'm an NFL player who plays on defense or offense, and I'm watching that, I'm thinking, dang, I didn't think of that. I should watch Sunday football games. And if I have a quarterback, I'm thinking, dang, I need to like, I don't even know, like get a wall or something and shout my plays out behind that because everyone's going to hear me. Like that was hilarious. I loved that. And Peyton Manning putting on that helmet and Eli being like, You need a special helmet because your forehead's so big. And Peyton being like, shut up, Eli. Like, that was just gold.
0: Quality content from ESPN. They were like, crap, we need to be like CBS and have a Tony Romo. Let's bring in Russell Wilson, Ray Lewis, Eli Manning, and Peyton Manning. One of them will stick, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, the odds of one of them sticking is pretty high. So that was a pretty solid move by ESPN. I will say it was not what I was expecting. I thought they were going to be in like a booth or something. And they're just like chilling on their couch with a bowl of popcorn. I'm like, this is not what I was expecting. Like you but can't, it's great. you can't watch the game while you're watching that broadcast. Like you're either watching the game or you're watching them. Like there's no in between.
0: I think people are okay with that, but yeah, there was honestly in this game looking at it, there were a lot of mistakes, especially like Derek Carr. I mean, he made a big one, honestly, in overtime where they were at the half yard line. Something I forgot to mention was he was at the half yard line. And the reason his rookie offensive lineman jumped was because he changed up the, the count. He did a hard count. And if you actually watch Peyton, Eli, Russell, all of them talking, they were like, you don't do that in this situation. They were just like, that's a mistake by Derek Carr. Most people are going to be like, oh, it's all the offensive lineman's fault. But the problem is Derek Carr, yeah, he did a hard count. He changed up his stuff. and But, you know, the other guys were like, no, that you, if you're a quarterback in this situation, you don't do that. You just stick with what you know or you just keep it normal. And also, it's hard for your offensive lineman to hear, you know, hear what you're saying too. Crowd is very loud. You're all very bunched in because you're at the half yard line. So, really, a lot of mistakes from both teams that could have cost either either of them this whole game, but honestly, it made it more exciting, so I'm not mad.
1: I'm not mad either, even though I missed a quarter of the game because I had to go to sleep. I'm still not mad. I mean, F I'm a little chat. mad. I'm a little mad, but, you know.
0: <laughs> All right. L. But, yeah. <laughs> well, next, we're just going to talk a little bit about next week's games. So, this week... So we're going to change it up a little bit here because we felt like our game pick section was a little bit long trying to go through every team. So what we're going to do is we are going to try and just pick out a few potential key games that we think could be big and pick our picks from there. So we've got a couple picked out here. Chelsea did win. She is winning from last week. Four to two, baby. So to be fair,
1: we both picked the Ravens. So.
0: Ripping in the chat. Yep. um, But this week, let's first talk about... We've got the Bills versus Dolphins here. I'm going with the Bills here. I know they did lose against the Steelers. And that wasn't great.
1: Which was but... surprising. Because the Steelers really didn't play that well on offense. Yeah, Like their O-line was trash. Najee Harris really didn't do that good. Only had like 45 yards. But they still won because they got a blocked punt for a touchdown. They had a couple turnovers on defense. So that really... Bailed them out, but if you look at their offensive performance in that game, it really wasn't anything that impressive.
0: Yeah, and so I think that the the Bills, I do think they'll make a comeback game this week. So the Dolphins are still a very tough team, and they were able to beat out the Patriots, but I don't know. I'm going to go with the Bills. I think they have a bounce-back game this week.
1: Yeah, I feel bad for the Dolphins in this game because the Bills are going to be angry. And Josh Allen's going to be angry and everyone's going to be angry. And I think the Dolphins are a good team, but it really wouldn't surprise me if the Bills blew them out just because I think they're angry. I have the Bills.
0: All right. Next, we've got Rams versus Colts. The Rams looked very good on Sunday night football. Holy cow.
1: Matthew Stafford might be their secret, man.
0: I mean, seriously, if they've got If Matthew Stafford plays as well as he did on Sunday night every week, it's going to be really hard to beat the Rams. They might. If Matthew Stafford
1: had showed up to the Rams two or three years ago, they might have two or three Super Bowls. Like if they play as well in that game in the rest of the games they have this year, I mean, they're going to be arguably unstoppable. They don't even have Cam Akers.
0: Yeah. And so I really think that they they could be the team to be or one of the teams to be in the NFC. You know, I think right now Tampa's definitely up there, but we'll see how the season goes. But I think the Colts will put up a game, but I'm gonna give this one to the Rams.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been preaching for pretty much months now that the Colts' first five games are terrible, Lee hard, <laughs> and that I don't expect to win. Um, our first two games because it's the beginning of the year, first of all, so people just aren't warmed up. You're already dealing with some injuries, right, that have happened in the first game. Everyone's still learning the system. you got rookies having issues. We had some players out. Honestly, really the only player that actually played like he wanted to win on Sunday was Carson Wentz, which kind of surprised everyone. But I don't think the Colts are going to win this game. I mean, they're at home. I still think they're going to lose. Wouldn't surprise me if we lose by multiple touchdowns, honestly, based on how good the Rams looked last week. I definitely don't think the Colts are a bad team by any stretch. They had a terrible first game and now people are signing off on them and thinking they're going to be bad the whole year, which I think is an overreaction because we had some key players out. But yeah, I have the Rams. I mean, if Matthew Stafford looks like that all year, he's going to be practically unstoppable. So I don't think the Colts are going to win. And it helps me going into the matchup, not thinking we're going to win. So then when we lose, I'm not like super angry, you know, because I expected it. But it was like when I expect to win and then we lose, I'm super angry. But if I go into it, expecting that will suck, it makes it better. So the Rams are going to win.
0: All right. Yeah. This could be, I think it could be interesting. And yeah, people writing off the Colts immediately. I I mean, it's one game, you know, we'll see what they really it's are. Like the Packers, of, you it's know. like the
1: Colts and the Packers are the two teams that like kind of sucked it up week one. And people are like, LOL, they suck. They're not going to go anywhere. And it's like, dude, it's week one. The Colts have one of the most well-rounded rosters in the entire league. And the Pan, not the Panthers, the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, you can't write off either of those teams quite yet.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. So I think it could be interesting, but we'll see. No, I think so, it'll
1: be entertaining. I just don't think we'll win.
0: All right. But next, we've got the Saints versus Panthers here. Um, hmm, for me, this is this is tough. I could see I could see the Panthers putting up a game. I, I think this will be a real test to see how they are. I mean, they were able to beat the Jets last week. Sam Darnold actually looked pretty good. He didn't commit any turnovers. The offense was a little bit. Well, he had I a fumble. That. Yeah, but I don't think they turned the ball over at all, though. In that game. No,
1: he he had a fumble like it was a lost fumble.
0: OK, at least well, I thought it was.
1: Maybe I I I'm wrong. Think so, but really, oh, maybe I'm wrong.
0: If I if we're wrong about that, I apologize, but. Either way, um, he looked pretty good, especially in the first half. Second Um, half,
1: the team kind of died, though, just generally speaking.
0: Yes. And, you know, I think part of that is just, you know, some of the play calling was kind of questionable and different things. But the Panthers do have, you know, their solid skill players like Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, who all played pretty well against the Jets and I think the saints are going to be a tough challenge and for the sake of being different, because I feel like we've picked a lot of the same ones. I'm going to pick the Panthers because yes, one, I want a bit of difference Two, I think this is really the game where they're going to show what kind of team they are, if they can beat the saints, assuming the saints are a good team, but that's what they've looked like so far, at least in the first game. So we'll get to see a little bit more of each team. And um, I'm going to go with the Panthers on this one to go with it and Chelsea what do you got
1: so I can definitely respect the decision of you picking the Panthers just because I don't think anyone thought that the Saints were really going to be that competitive this year especially with Jameis Winston at quarterback which if you are basing your opinion now completely off of week one you uh, can't really argue that anymore because they looked really good on defense, they looked really good. You know, they were playing the Falcons. So you kind of have to put a little bit of stock in that. The Falcons are one of the worst teams in the league at this point. So that very well could have been why they looked as good as they did. But I mean, Jameis Winston looked legit and, you know, the Panthers, they have a good D line. So I think that of all of the parts of the Panthers that are going to get tested this weekend. It's going to be that D-line. We're going to see how good that D-line is up against the likes of the Saints O-line, which has one of the strongest O-lines in the league. So if you see the Panthers getting a sack or two against guys like Armstead, I mean, that's pretty impressive, especially considering that most of those guys are under 25 on the D-line. So, That will be the most interesting matchup to watch, I think, because that's the strongest part of their defense. So if they can put up and match up against a really solid line like the Saints, then that'll that'll mean a lot, especially for that defense. I do think that if Jameis Winston is as accurate and as potent with his touchdowns as he was last week, that the secondary is probably going to get shredded by him. But we're going to see. This week is going to be dependent on two things. Defensive line play for the Panthers and if Jameis Winston is really a legit quarterback. Like if he comes out against the Panthers and throws one touchdown and three interceptions, like what do you believe? Do you believe that he's the Jameis Winston of old that throws 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions? Or do you believe that he's the Jameis Winston of new who can throw the ball 80 yards down the field and has five touchdowns on 22 passes or whatever it was? So it'll definitely be interesting. I personally am going to pick the Saints because I think that Jameis Winston is legit, at least this year. And I think he's going to have another solid game against an at best mediocre Panthers team. But I do think it can still be entertaining because you have Christian McCaffrey. You have those skill guys on offense. And you have a pretty good D-line. So I think it'll be an entertaining game. But I think Jameis Winston will go off again. I don't think Sam Darnold will look terrible. I think he'll look average again, just like he did with the Jets. I could see him turning the ball over once in this game because the Saints have a really good defense. I could see him throwing like two touchdowns and an interception or something. But ultimately, I'm going to pick the Saints. I think Jameis Winston is going to have another good game.
0: All right. Well, there you got it for that. And the last game we've got here are the chiefs versus the Ravens. So I'm going to go with the chiefs on this one. They looked like they were in a bit of trouble against the Browns, especially going down nine points with, you know, in the fourth quarter, it looked like the Browns had them. And then the very next play, Patrick Mahomes throws a 75 yard touchdown to Tyree Hill. in just wild fashion, but I think the chiefs, they're still legit. They're, they're the chiefs. They're good. They know, they know how to play. And I think that they're going to beat the Ravens. And I do think the chiefs they're they, their weakest part is definitely at least right now, their defense. They weren't able to eventually stop Cleveland though, except for their Cleveland's run game, which I will say could be big for the Ravens. You know, Ravens love to run the ball and they saw, probably how well Cleveland was able to run with Nick Chubb. So, and they and really Kamara. didn't stop. Chubb. They're not
1: Kamara. <laughs> their other guy.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of like, um, I don't know. I, I think the chiefs will still win this one due to their offense being just so dominant. And the fact that they don't need much time to be able to win games, you know, they can get down the field in 20, 30 seconds. All of a sudden they've scored a touchdown, and then the next drive they've got another, and next thing you know, you're down. And I don't really know if the if the Ravens can really do that great if they're down double digits. Like their their style is to dominate, but it's those close games where they where they have struggled in the past, and so I think it'll be an interesting game. But I'm gonna go with the Chiefs on this one. I could be wrong about the Ravens; they could prove us all wrong. But right now, it's looking like the Chiefs are going to come out on top of this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about a team who, like, you didn't think that their first two games of the year were going to be awful with the Ravens. Like, most people probably figured that the Ravens would be 1-1, and right, after their first two weeks. But they have the potential to go down 0-2, which, you know, in their division with how competitive it is with every other team almost winning their game this weekend – I mean, they're already going to be in a hole if they lose again. And I don't think they're going to beat the Chiefs. I mean, I think that they could make it competitive, at least offensively. But the Chiefs offense is just, it's still too good. I think that the team that has the best chance of beating the Chiefs offense is the Browns. And we saw that play out until the the fourth quarter. I mean, that defense held the Chiefs offense in check really generally well until the end of the game where the offense just couldn't stay out there and the defense got tired and they just got burned on an excellent route by Tyree Hill, which I mean, he's one of the fastest guys in the league. So it really can't be helped unless you have like four guys on him. And then if you do that, Kelsey's going to be open down the seam. So it's like, what do you do? But yeah, I mean, I have the chiefs in this one. The Browns are built to beat the chiefs with their really good defense their strong passing game, their elite running game. There's going to be any team besides the Bucks or potentially, I mean, <laughs> potentially like the Cardinals or the Seahawks or really the entire AFC or NFC West basically that can take down this team. It's going to be the Browns at least in the AFC cuz they're built to do it. They can chew the clock down, they can eat away at the defense, but the Ravens, like you're saying, Chris, they're just not built to do that. They're built to go up two touchdowns and hold the lead the entire game and then win by a field goal. That's just how they're built. And if you can do that and you can hold on to the lead and you can get the lead, that's a great strategy. But against teams with such high-powered offenses like the Chiefs, It's just not feasible. I don't think that the Ravens really have much shot of winning this game, even with how talented their roster still is after all those injuries. So I'm going to go with you and take the Chiefs as well.
0: Yeah, it's going to be, I really think it's going to be key for the Ravens to just play good defense for the whole game against the Chiefs. Like you cannot let up. I don't care if you're up. 17 with three minutes left we've seen them come back from crazy deficits and so the ravens are just going to have to show up defensively if they're going to beat the chiefs in my opinion and their offense is going to have to commit very few turnovers and you're really just going to have to almost play a perfect game in my opinion unless the chiefs are just beating themselves. themselves
1: in the foot like they did in the super bowl
0: so um either way i'm I believe we are both going with the chiefs on that one. So we picked a lot of the same ones for this week, but you know, that's okay. It'd be like that. So
1: the rest of our picks will be posted up on our Twitter and our Instagram. So we'll post those up. We'll post them off of polls, pick who you think's going to win, and we can compare all the answers next week.
0: All right. But I think that's pretty much all we got for the episode this week. So Chelsea, speaking of our socials, you want to go ahead and plug those for us?
1: Hashtag plug. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for listening, guys. Tune back in next Wednesday for more content. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at underscore LC football underscore and on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube at Launch Codes Football. I'm Chelsea
0: and I'm Chris
1: and we'll see you next week. Bye bye.
0: See you guys.